This is the fifth edition of the About IBD podcast. I'm your host, Amber Tresca. I sat down with Brooke Abbott, the crazy Creole mommy, when we were in Chicago for Digestive Disease Week. We talked about quite a few things, mostly about being a parent with IBD and what that has meant to us and how that has presented some distinct challenges in our lives. We also talked a little bit about how we might clone ourselves and how would that work with IBD? Brooke is a special kind of advocate because she works a lot in health policy. So she's aware of what bills are coming up on the Hill and how the voting might go. This has been especially important lately and Brooke has been of great help to us as we navigate how healthcare is changing in the United States. And for that reason and many others, I recommend following the Crazy Creole Mommy uh, wherever she is on the internet because she has a way of cutting through and letting us know what's important about what's happening in our government in regards to healthcare. You are going to love her as much as I do. So here we go. So my friend Brooke... It's been a long day at DDW. (laughs) We've had a long day, and I wanted to talk to you about being a parent with IBD. And it was actually kind of funny because both of us sort of had things going on today that were indicative of exactly what happens when you're trying to work and manage your health and then you've got stuff going on at home and um it's kind of been a day everybody's okay everybody's fine everybody's fine they're just you know they're just being kids right right it's just family and it's just kind of how it goes yeah and especially when you're away and Nobody can be you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nobody can be me. Except for the clone that I've been trying to put an order in for. And, like, I haven't received it yet. It's, just, it's so irritating. I feel like even a clone, though, you'd have to have some intensive training with the clone before the clone could even take over for you. Yeah, I feel so. like she might miss some steps because it would probably be my clone from, like, when I was 21 because I need her to have all the energy. Although I don't. I don't even think I really had that much energy in 21 because I had disease. Right, that you didn't know. No, I don't even know what it's like to be a normal person. (laughs) I don't know what it's like to be a normal adult. What is that like? I have not had that that experience. Oh, man. So so I I guess maybe the clone thing is... um, Maybe not. Maybe Maybe we need to wait until they figure out how to fix things before. Yeah, they could just remove certain gene issues and then clone me. <laughs> yeah, sure, like the 200 yeah. genes that they've associated with IBD. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's super easy. I mean, I'm not asking for a lot here. I'm just asking for a modified clone. That's of all myself. I'm asking. Of myself. What if, what if one of the genes that is connected to the IBD is also a gene that is connected to something integral regarding your personality? Oh, like what? That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would suck. But I think that would be oh. the way that it would go, don't you? You mean like my? Well, maybe so. Maybe that's why I'm like so adamant about being a go-getter because I'm sick. So yeah, I totally want to talk about that because you're the crazy Creole mommy. I you're know. not crazy though. No, but motherhood kind of makes you crazy. <laughs> like. 
come on. Let's be. Let's just be completely honest. Okay. I started the brand like I started that hashtag Crazy Creole Mommy right when my son was a toddler, and I would just okay. tweet about things that were happening during the day. Right. Like you know, putting him in the car seat after having changed him and everything, and then suddenly he poops right <laughs> as I'm putting him in the car, or you know the guzzling breast milk like it was the greatest thing ever and then he pukes it <laughs> all, all up <laughs> all over me after I've pumped and pumped and pumped <laughs> liquid gold it's like coming out of his mouth but he's like totally fine mm-hmm. so I started I started tweeting about stuff like that and it was like funny little stories you know yeah about motherhood and I used the hashtag um, because I felt I didn't feel like crazy i mean of course i was grateful and everything right. for right. everything but it was just it wasn't it was a new me and it just if if i if i could split myself up mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and took the non non-mom me mm-hmm. and had her follow the mom me around right. she'd be like oh my god she's so crazy like her life is nuts right you know right. And so that's where it came from. That's and then I, I am Creole, and, and you know. Right, and it know. came in that fun alliteration with the, the crazy Creole yeah. mommy. And just it, came, it, it just kind of encompasses everything. So you started on Twitter? I don't I think I knew on, that. Yeah, it was. It had nothing to do with IBD. Right. Um, I just started using that hashtag, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Uh, my Twitter name was... It was my name, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It started as a hashtag. Uh huh. That's so interesting how everything flowed organically from there. It almost sounds like it wasn't purposeful. No, I just started tweeting like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, really, guys, this is life. Because all my friends ha- didn't have kids. Okay. You know, so they were kind of like, "What do you mean you didn't shower today?" <laughs> I didn't. I did not shower today because the smallest person in the house needed me. <laughs> or yesterday, and I probably won't shower tomorrow. Right. You know? Right. Right. And then on top of dealing with quote unquote regular motherhood, right, you were coping at first with your ulcerative colitis. Yes. Yeah. And then you were coping with surgery. Yeah. And so. You also have not had the way I feel this way, not had what would be considered a typical. I don't know what it is to be a typical mother. No, I have no idea what that is. I, right. I look at typical mothers and I'm like, that's all you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I look, I, you know, I'm not trying to knock anybody. No, but I no. listen to them talk about their day. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, you didn't wake up like an hour and a half before to wake your J-Pouch up to go to the bathroom and right. completely empty it so that you can just walk your kid to school? Right. No? Right. Oh, you didn't You didn't pick your kid up after having your infusion and feeling like a zombie and all the kids looking at your bandaged hands like, you know. Oh, my gosh. Well, because I'm a hard stick. Uh-huh. I'm a hard stick. Yeah. And so on occasion, I may look like a mummy. Uh-huh. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the tap is dry sometimes. So, but I mean, when you're getting your infusion, you would think that the people that were infusing you would be used to 
people that were difficult to start a line in? I mean, it's not all the time, but there okay. are there are those days where the veins look great and, uh-huh. and basically, like my body loves to to play practical jokes. <laughs> with everybody, you know, yeah. Um, there were times when you know the doctor was like, "It looks like everything's okay." Oh wait, we just did a scope. I was just kidding. Mm-hmm. Blood work is not really matching what right, I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, and then you're back to, okay, well, what is going on? Right. Which is insane to have to think about while you're having to um, take care of another human being. And it's not right. just not just take care of. Like, mm-hmm. every decision that you make mm-hmm. for that person affects their entire life Mm -hmm. and every decision that you make for yourself affects that person's entire life right so when when i'm talking about my therapy and treatment and everything Mm -hmm. for my ibd i'm also Mm -hmm. talking about the effects that it's going to have on my son Mm -hmm. and that's crazy it is crazy and that also i think calls into play here the idea of self-care in that uh i i think a lot of mothers are told that they need to take care of themselves it starts with sleep when the baby sleeps and then it goes from there um and a lot of mothers don't i think they give too much of themselves probably but i think for mothers like us at times i feel like i've been forced yeah into the break yeah yeah, yeah. You you can't even move forward anymore. You have to You're stop. You're just done. You're yeah. just done. And um, someone said to me not too long ago that I I do too much, and that's why that happens. Yeah. But that's not true. It just happens. There are times when I could really not do much, and my yeah. body is just like I'm done for the day. Yeah. Or the week. Right. That's it. Yeah. I have no choice. So it's independent, really, of what you're doing. Yeah. It's just your body's going to do what it's going to do, and it's not going to matter so much as to whether or not you are um, overextending yourself in other people's eyes, I would right. say. And I, I, I will say that I am guilty. I am an overachiever. Yeah. I always have been. Yeah. Um... I'm okay with juggling things. Right. But there are times when I can honestly say, like, I'm not really juggling much. Uh-huh. You know? We we will have some time off, and then suddenly my jaw hurts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, this past weekend, that actually happened. Like, I was good. Uh-huh. I was fine. And then I woke up, and literally my jaw was on fire. And there was nothing I could do. I took pain medication. I put hot compresses on. Yeah. I couldn't coach. I couldn't do laundry. I couldn't even make my son cereal. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just... And, and 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 that wasn't a, you know, that wasn't from anything. That was just my body saying, I just wanted to remind you that you're sick. <laughs> Casey, I forgot. <laughs> I think you might have forgotten. So guess what? There you go. <laughs> you know, I so I, I'm kind of wondering if this is actually a slight phenomenon because I think it's also happened to me, and I wonder if it's not almost a little bit of 
going full speed ahead and dealing with everything and then you have a little bit of time Mm -hmm. and I'll you know because for myself like my month like everything is mapped out way ahead of time Mm -hmm. where I'm traveling what I'm doing Mm -hmm. what I'm writing about Mm -hmm. um, and doctor's appointments and fitting all that in there and usually there's no wiggle room and I might have a day where I'm gonna say this is the day where I'm gonna maybe take an easy day or whatever that's usually the day when my body says nope yeah and I almost wonder if that's not some kind of phenomenon that if you're not moving full speed ahead, once you take a minute to try to take a breath, yeah. everything sort of crashes in on you. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Because that's kind of how it happens. Right. It's it's kinda like um, you know, when your kids have eaten dinner. Mm-hmm. And they're all done, and they're like, I'm full, and they, like, get up from the table. Yeah. And then you go and make yourself a plate, and then Mm -hmm. they smell food, and they're like, oh, I was just kidding, I'm going to eat off your plate. (laughs) That's what that is. That's kind of what it seems like to me, Yeah. you know? So, yeah, so it's almost like, yeah, it's it's almost like you really can't ever, uh, when you do catch a break that you feel like you're going to rest and give yourself that time to recuperate, that's almost when your body almost takes it a step too far. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, you want to rest? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. You won't be able to get up for 12 hours. Right. Yeah. And here's some pain for here's you. Some pain, and here's just a little reminder. Right. A little bit of bloating, a little bit of all that mm-hmm. goodness. That, that who's in charge. Yeah. 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 And w- which is... <laughs> Which is interesting because when you have children, they say, you know, you're not in charge of your life anymore. (laughs) Well, I really wasn't in charge of my life before. To begin with, yeah. So now, all right. So it's just, you know, my son always says him and IBD, they were neighbors. Uh Uh-huh. Because they both lived inside my body. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, and they both pretty much run my life. Yeah. You know, my schedule, my calendar is like hippo doctor right <laughs> you know right. advocacy medical right hippo like right. it's just where's Brooke in there yes hmm. where is Brooke not mom right not daughter right not even Advocate, right. because I personally feel that that's really a twenty-four-seven thing. It never leaves you. It's no. a passion. Yeah. Um, where's Brooke? Where's Brooke? Mm-hmm. Where'd she go? And how how do you how do you say no? When do you say no to things or to people? <sighs> or do you? I think you probably never say no to opportunities because that's how I am. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't ever say no if someone needs me. Yeah. Or if I feel like I can help them Mm -hmm. and it's not like, because I need, I need the gratification of helping people. Yeah. I feel like so many people have helped me that I have I feel like it's my duty to pay it forward and right when the opportunity comes to be able to help someone I have to do it so I I feel like in that instance I don't say no but I also think that 
I don't even give people an opportunity to ask. I offer. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. Because I offer too often. Mm -hmm. Um, So part of it's my fault, you know? Yeah. I mean, I kind of would push back on the idea that it's, that there's fault. Right. But I, I will say that for myself, I have come to the point where I have seen, I, I have thought that I was going to offer something of myself to someone who needed me. And then now I'm starting to say, you know what? Now, there are times when I might be the only person that can help that person, and that's absolutely. Um, But then there's a lot of other times where I have to say, you know what? There is probably somebody else that That could help. Yeah, and I've got to learn that. And so I pull back a little bit and just let that situation play out. Yeah, I need to learn that. It's when your first instinct is to help when you've been brought up that way yeah. and when you feel strongly community-minded, yeah. uh, that's ingrained. But then you also have to remember that you're not the only person that can help this this person solve their problem, whatever it is. Right. So you basically you're saying it's my parents' fault. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say that it's probably the fault of one of those hundreds of genes that we are carrying. <laughs> That it that is has some of some tie in with the IBD that also uh, ties in with being so community focused and wanting to help people and you know because like I'm the person that oh the party's over let me start picking up the plates I mean it's just you just do you know you just you do. just do it um, yeah yeah you just do it I it. Uh, I think that I've I've had that before. I I had that before IBD. I mean, I look yeah. at you know, I look at who I've been as a person. Um, but I think having had IBD so severely and having my experience with you know that. So it sounds so dramatic. My brush with death. It's okay. You can bring some drama, mama. <laughs> I mean, having been at that point, yeah. um, sometimes I do feel like I just have to live my life. I just have to do because I remember being in that hospital thinking, this can't be it. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. This is really it. Like, oh I was tr- sitting there, like, trying to make peace with things. But, like, saying to myself, this can't be it. I didn't get to do this. I didn't, mm-hmm. Like, my son hasn't even turned three yet. Right. You know, what What I need to be able to, to... I have so many things to accomplish. I have so many things on my list. Yeah. And, you know, I think now, like... Sometimes my mom will say, oh, well, you know, you could do that next year. And it's like, I have felt that feeling. Right? I knew that there was not going to be a next right? year. And that is why I do what I do. Like, mm-hmm. um, my son has a birthday party every year. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Sometimes we'll have a dinner party. But mm-hmm. we have to have something. Yeah. Because I almost missed out every single birthday. Right. His second birthday was going to be my last. Right. And that... I just don't know where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. 
it all it and it may not be IBD that takes me out. Right. You know? Well, it, but that but that idea is always in the back of your head. It's in the back of my head because yeah. I was I was there. I got some really good advice from a boss some years ago. It was before I was married, and I was describing to him about oh you're trying to get married and you're saving money and you're figuring this all out and then you, of course you want a house and da, 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 da. and he said there's never a perfect time for anything. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Whatever it is and try to live my life that way yeah you know and ibd is another added aspect of it that you just you have no idea where it's going to take you tomorrow it's it's kind of always behind you like it's there waiting it's just waiting Mm -hmm. to jump out Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty skittish so i'm like looking around figuring Mm -hmm. out how to get away from it you Mm -hmm. know um but you're not going to get away from it it's always going to be there. <laughs> IBD! <laughs> but I feel like, too, sometimes I feel sometimes I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones, though, too. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 You know what? I have survivor's guilt. I do. Oh, I completely have that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have my things, and I, I'm still taking biologics, and I've got this thing with my back, and I've got whatever. But... There are people that are way worse. Yeah. Or dead. Yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. So I almost feel kind of obligated to live my life because they can't. It's an obligation. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not on a feeding tube. I'm not in a wheelchair. Right. I'm not. There are, I have limitations, but it could be worse. And it was worse. It was worse. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I can never go back to that. Right. Never. Right. I, I showed you that picture the other day of me at Jackson's birthday party. Right. And you were so thin and obviously ill. And I think something I think that we see a lot, that we hear a lot about how you don't look sick and da 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 and I would hear it all the time too, yeah. about, oh, you're so skinny and blah, blah, um, because there's some kind of thought that if you're thin, that you're healthy and yeah. that that's a good Look, yeah. but actually, what you are is malnourished. Yeah, and I look at like who. I mean, my goodness, what what kind of mother was I really? Yeah, you know, I don't think I was a bad mother, but I just feel bad that I look at that girl and I think, oh my god, you struggle just to pick up your baby. Right. You struggle just to change diapers. Right. You know. God bless you. Right. Because I don't even know how you did it. Right. I mean, I really, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to be that sick anymore. And that is, whoo, that's amazing. That, that's an interesting statement and I completely identify with it. Yeah. And when something does happen and I think that things might be going downhill Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes they just go a little ways downhill but I always worry that they're going to go all the way downhill and there's always that thought of am I going to have to be that person again who weighed 89, 90 pounds and couldn't do anything and yet people would say things like wow you look great yeah and not them not understanding how upsetting 
that was. I mean, I look at that picture and think about all the people that said, ooh, look at you, girl, you lost all that baby weight. You lost all the baby weight, yeah. Yeah. That picture does not look normal. Right. I don't look normal. No. It, you know. Yeah. It's a striking contrast, yeah. you know, because you're so much better today. I mean, my son was literally bigger than me. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. He had his little toddler apple-cheeked yeah. roundness. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you were all sharp edges and being Bones. held together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is really very scary. And that's that added, you know, that added pressure, too. Um, just not wanting to be sick for your kids because... Yeah. I think about having to be sick now with him being seven and mm-hmm. eating baseball and yeah. homework and, you know, I can't lay in the bed with him all day like I did when he was a toddler. Well, that's, yeah. It was, almost, it was almost easier then, yeah, actually. It was. Yeah, you put him, <laughs> put him in the, you know, the little ergo and go to the bathroom. He's still napping. Yes. I may feel like I'm dying, but he's but sound he's asleep. he's all right. Yeah. You know? Now he's sticking homework underneath the door because <laughs> mom is this right? Yeah, yeah. My kids have a limited understanding of it. You know, I think they understand more. And I don't know if it's the same. The same is true for your son, but that because I travel and I'm working, and that they almost have a more. Um, complete understanding of what's going on with me because it's almost at the point that my whole identity is wrapped up yeah in it you know yeah well my son saw my ostomy like he saw Mm -hmm. me go from hole to Mm -hmm. ostomy to j-patch right and i think that that like i had no choice but to talk to him about it yeah and be honest with him and continue to talk to him about it so that he feels um safe right you know um and I you know I I as great as my kid is with this I envy parents that there are parents out there that don't even talk to their kids they don't have to they don't have to talk to their kids about it. They right. don't have to talk to their kids about surgery. Their kids don't know that they have a J-pouch. Right. Um, and it's because, you know, it's either, it's probably happened before they were born. Before, yeah. You know, and so he, I feel bad that he was in the thick of it with me. Mm-hmm. You know. No, but he, he has a very unique perspective on it because he was there with you going through it. Yeah. And... You, he was at the point where you had to explain what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Because he would ask questions and... Well, you know, yeah. I was in the hospital for most of that time. And, yeah. You know, that whole colectomy mm-hmm. time when I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I saw him once. Yeah. You know, I think it was like almost 30 days I was in there. Like, right. It was something crazy, like 20, 20-something days. Yeah. And in that time I saw him one time yeah and I didn't think I was going to see him after that right ever again right and that one time was I think they let me sit out there for an hour mm-hmm right you know so yeah that is our it's sad that that's like our our bond mm-hmm 
you know, but it is. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. But it's a unique one, and it, you know... Hopefully it makes him a very kind person, an empathetic person. I I think that that's probably true. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Um, And... Uh, I think as advocates, we're always trying to find the good in what's happened to yeah. us. And there's there's an awful lot of bad, but most of us could probably name ten things oh, good yeah. that have come oh, yeah. from it. Yeah. And that would be yeah. one of them, the very close bond that you have with your son for that yeah, reason. and he says that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, um, I actually his speech for the uh, for the luncheon he says mm-hmm. in his speech that there's there were a lot of bad things that happened because of right. IBD but there are so many good things like we get to advocate and we have new friends and we right. have an IBD family that understands what we're going through right and he said something like we have a purpose right and that was that was interesting it is know, interesting that he looks at what I do as an advocate as a purpose Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's pretty awesome and that maybe there are some people who feel as if they don't have a purpose and when you have one you have a chance to be more fulfilled right and so this is the speech that he's going to give when you're honored the women of distinction luncheon he's a little ham so he's going to open the whole program and then um, he's also going to help raise some money <laughs> How can resist a cute kid with no front teeth? Nobody can. I mean, nobody can. Nobody can. Yeah. Because when they're that age, let me tell you, they sell the most popcorn and oh, they man. sell the most cookies for oh, their man. scouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's something else. Oh. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking with me well, again. For this is me. gonna be your your second your second time on my podcast. <laughs> you're you're my first repeat. Oh. I'm like the Alec Baldwin of your podcast. I would, I would love. So, who has it? Who's been on like Saturday Night Live the most times? Like, is it like Steve Martin or somebody, or is it Alec Baldwin? Alec Baldwin has hosted the most times. I think think? so. I'm gonna have to look that up later for when I do my intro and my outro to this. But like, yeah, I feel, I feel like you're my Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. Not Stephen. Stephen. Alex. Did Alex. I say Stephen? Stephen. Alex. Yeah. You're my Alex Baldwin. Alec. Can I talk? No. <laughs> no. Can I make the right words come Always out of I'm my mouth Daniel. right now? <laughs> you're not Daniel. <laughs> no. <sighs> no. I am Brooke. We are Brooke. <laughs> oh, man, you guys. We are the crazy Creole mommy. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Thanks I'm for taking so, time out I'm at so DDW. Proud of you for doing this. Ugh. Yeah. It's like, it's super fun. It's super fun to talk to my friends about some of the deeper issues that we may not just ever bring up. Yeah. You know? Nobody's cried yet. I have to work on that. Yeah, you gotta, like, channel Barbara Walters. I gotta, I gotta do my Barbara or, or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get there. Maybe I need a few more episodes under my belt before I can start getting some people to cry. Get some. It ain't gonna be me. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what? You know who it probably will be? It'll be me. All right, man. Thanks. Oh, no problem. 
And there you have it, my interview with Brooke Abbott, the Crazy Creole Mommy. We talked about her being honored at a Women of Distinction luncheon at the L.A. chapter of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. It did go off very well, and they raised lots of money for the foundation. Special thanks to Brooke, and you can find her everywhere on the interwebs as the Crazy Creole Mommy. You can find me, Amber Tresca, as About IBD. I'm also on Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. I do sometimes remember that Instagram exists. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you next time. 